What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. Hey, Dream Builder. This episode is powered by Design Crowd. Design Crowd is a website that helps entrepreneurs, startups, and small businesses get creative and quality designs from custom logos to business cards and even web designs. There's a community of over 900,000 designers from all across the world that's ready to bring your idea to life in as little as ours. So head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation and see what all the hype is about. What's up, Dream Builder? We are back again. We got another episode today, and I'm excited to be bringing my man Ravi to the show. Ravi, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? Dream Nation, what is going on? Thank you guys so much for having me on here. I'm looking forward to a kick-ass episode of dropping some value to you guys. Man, absolutely. That's what we do every single time. So we talked a little bit before we came on air about your story, and I think you got a phenomenal story, but even better that you have the results. So many people, they have a story, but they don't have the results. Now you have the best of both worlds. So let's talk about that. When you first got into the business, tell us about why did you decide to even venture into real estate in the first place? Yeah, for me, it was kind of accidental to be really frank with you. To keep a long story short, I was going to law school. That was like the plan my entire life was to be a lawyer. It was not anything to do with real estate. I, I didn't know what the difference between a buyer and a seller was at that point. And uh, right when I graduated college, I was getting ready to study for law school. My dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. I know you and I had a conversation about your battle with uh, something similar as well. And so that threw me for a loop. And so instead of you know, what I was going to do, we talked about my hometown in Destin, Florida, which was like, lay on the beach all day, study for a year for the LSAT and then go to law school. I ended up moving to live with him in Atlanta, Georgia, which is what everybody wants to do right after they graduate college, right? Move right back into the parents. And I ended up going to chemo and radiation with him five days a week. Uh, you know, that was four, six, eight hour days inside of the hospital. And I'm studying for law school at the time. And at the end of the entire event it was about a year long. Uh, he went into remission. He's been uh, clean for three years. So very great grateful for that. But I just started realizing like, I don't know if this is actually what I want to do. I kind of was realizing that, you know, life, I mean, I'm in this chemo and radiation unit with people that are 30 years old that had like put off their dreams until then, you know what I mean? Until this happens, until that happens. And uh, obviously I could kind of see some regret in their eyes and not just sound like a Hallmark card. I just felt like uh, life is fleeting. And so I just made the decision right then and there, instead of jumping into law school, which would have been three years, you know, another $250,000 in debt, I was going to go into business for myself. I don't know why I just saw all of the ads and the people online that told me that was my dream. And that was like your full ownership. And I've been reading a lot of self-development stuff. And so I kind of realized that was a way to get true, like ownership of yourself. And um, so, yeah, I, I got into the dream law school that I wanted to get into, score the top 10% of test takers in the nation, decide not to go. My dad kicks me out because he says I'm throwing my life away. Yeah. I go work in an Italian restaurant making $2,000 a month. And I start doing advertising for real estate agents um, uh, just because I'm from this small town in Destin, which is like 90% of the market there is just real estate, right? It's all tourists, transient markets. And so everyone I knew was a real estate agent. And so I pretty much started 
servicing a bunch of different people, but then we eventually found our niche inside of real estate. And then at one point, you know, we got our, our company prospect social was on Fox news. Um, I, I worked with over 350 real estate agents actively at one point, we we're managing a little over a million dollars a month in advertising spend for all these agents. Um, and so for someone who had no idea what real estate was to like being actively involved with over 350 agents in North America, it was a wild ride for sure. Yeah. So when you decided, Hey, I'm going to get into advertising. Did you have a buddy that was there with you? Like what, or did you just go cold Turkey? And then like, are you also going to hire? Cause there's one thing to have a skill and you know, your skill, but then all of a sudden when you start building a full fledged company and you got to hire, you got to develop culture, leadership, all those things. That's a lot for anybody, regardless of your age. And it sounded like you were pretty young at this time. Yeah, I was about 22, 23 when I launched it. I was at 24 when we hit our first seven-figure year. Um, so it was like, yeah, I was definitely unprepared, as you can say. But as you know, when are you ever really prepared, right? Nice. Um, my, my, my favorite quote is, action leads to insight more often than insight leads to action. So I just knew that I would figure it out as I went. And for me, it had a lot to do with, I actually would just pay people who were already doing things inside that industry to teach me what they were doing. Or I would go and kind of research what my competitors were doing. I would get on the phone with Zillow, uh, premier agent, and I would get on the phone with OpCity and Realtor.com. And I'd try to figure out what they were offering and where were the holes in the market. And based on what I knew from who I talked to, what were they unhappy with people doing? Like, for example, which I'm sure when we get into some of the tactical stuff, I'll get in later, but we were one of the first advertising agencies to offer an inner service agent included with lead generation. So I very quickly, I realized that just sending leads was not enough to my real estate agents because they weren't calling them. I mean, it wasn't right. necessarily all their fault, right? We're sending a hundred leads a month. They're coming in, you know, 88% of leads coming after 5 PM before 9 AM. You got, you have to have contact with them in the first five minutes. And this is on top of all the other stuff a real estate agent has to do. So I knew that they couldn't continue to do it. And just like me pointing their, my finger and saying, well, you're supposed to call them it just wasn't working, right? They were just blaming me, I was blaming them. So long story short, one of the things that we did to really separate us and, and like grow, and, and this is where I learned there was a gap in the market, was uh, bring an in-house qualification center that would call these leads, call email text 12 times in eight days to figure out, you know, are they qualified? Are they a buyer or seller? What's their price point? What's their time frame? Um, are they pre-approved? And that really let us take off from the pack there. And it was pretty much just me and a virtual assistant uh, up until we were at about a half a million dollars in annual recurring revenue. And then I started hiring salespeople and then I started, hired a media buyer, but we kept it pretty lean, uh, pretty long. So how were you doing the prospecting though? Was it just like DMs? Was it cold calls, code emails? Because real estate agents are, they're being sold something all day long, right? So a big opportunity for them to say no every single time, because when you hear it and it's like, Hey, I can help you get on the front page of Google or, you know, whatever it is. So for you, how did you break through that? Yeah, that's an awesome question. And it's super interesting, right? Because you're right, there are, obviously, I think it's the most saturated industry out there. I think I, I, I feel bad for real. And then I opened up a real estate brokerage at one point. So I got the same ads, the same emails, the same letters in the mail. So I get it. I really do. But I think a few things. So in my other company, Scaling with Systems, where we help uh, business to business companies grow, one of the things I talked about inside of there is like when you're entering a really saturated market, one of the ways you can differ yourself is through a mechanism, right? So it's not just like, hey, we're going to help you generate close more deals. But instead, it's like, hey, we're going to help you close more deals by never having you have to call a lead again 
right? Mm-hmm. I was one of the first people to bring that inside this market. And like now uh, it's obviously commonplace for Zillow and almost everybody to have it, but we were one of the first people to do it. So now it was like, oh, here's this thing over here. Everyone has promised me closed deals, but now this guy's promised me closed deals and I don't have to call 50, 80, 100 leads every single month. And so that was our differentiator. And we just leveraged that and went all in on that. And you know, we had ads, we had cold email, we had everything else out there in order to get it. And then the best thing really, was that we actually de- delivered results, right? It was it was like our average client was staying with us for seven months, which, you know, and it was a month-to-month contract. So, you know, in, in real estate, if you get someone to pass month one and you're month-to-month, that's impressive. Right. And so our people were there for seven plus months because they were getting results. And so we just had the case studies and the testimonials to back it up. And then once like Fox News picked us up and a bunch of other places, it was kind of like wildfire, to be honest. And that's how we scaled to the 300 plus agents in just, uh, just a little under two years. Yeah, no, that's so crazy. And so how many years ago was that? Because you said you were about 23, 24. How many yeah. years ago was that? I know so that was now. I know, so that was uh, that was about 2018. End of 2017 and end of 2018 is when I started scaling with, or uh, Prospect Social, excuse me. And uh, then 2020 last year was when I closed down the direct to consumer or direct to real estate agent um, uh, department inside of there. Now we only sell to, like I told you earlier on, larger companies that are buying hundreds of thousands of these leads every single month from us. And then they they resell them to honestly, probably a lot of people that are listening on this call right here. So that was, I, it was just getting a monster that I could in control. Um, I wasn't really enjoying my life that much anymore, to be honest with you, trying to manage 350 plus people. And so we just brought it down to 12 and I'm much happier now. (laughs) Yeah, no, man, that's super solid. Now, the thing that sticks out in my mind and it's ringing in my ears is for you to be able to scale like that, you obviously had to have systems, right? And and this kind of goes into it because I believe that you have a company which is built off of, you know, systems, which is great. But for how did you start to develop the systems to even be able to scale like that? Because it sounds like now people are really just starting to get into automation and systems over the last year, two years. But it seems like you were an early adopter in that as well. Where did you first start to learn that like I had a I needed systems? And on top of that, what were the systems that you were using early on to try to scale? Yeah. So both for myself and my clients, I've learned, it wasn't quick that I learned the power of systems and automations. Um, Like my first few months in business, I was making about $9 a day if I did the math backwards uh, inside of my company. So it was not anything to brag about. That's why I worked at at an Italian restaurant while I'm trying to figure it out. And it wasn't until I really, what actually happened is one of my friends was like, I had always been in shape my whole life um, and I'd always liked, liked exercising. And then I went out to the beach with one of my friends and one of my friends was like, you really let yourself go. And that was the first time I looked at myself in the mirror and I realized like I had gained 40 pounds trying to build this business and do everything all day, every single day by myself. And I, I just was super unhappy with who I saw. And right then and there, I was like, okay, I need to figure out how I can remove myself from this business. And around the same time, I also read, uh, you know, the, the classic by Tim Ferriss, Four Hour Work Week, right. which you know is the extreme on that end. But I lived that lifestyle. I lived in South America. I lived in Spain for a while. So like I, I've done that where I only worked four hours a week. It's not for me, but it was fun. But for me, I started realizing, okay there's things I need to do inside of here that need to be done, but I don't have to necessarily do it. Like for example, reaching out to real estate agents, right? When I was doing cold emailing, cold DMing, whatever else it is, I was doing the same thing every single time. I was seeing a LinkedIn message, cold email. I was sending a Facebook message and it was following a general script. So if I could hire a virtual assistant, which is now we actually place fully trained virtual assistants for our clients now inside of scaling with systems. So we 
placed over 2000 virtual assistants in the past two years. So this was like my introduction into it. But if I could have a virtual assistant do it, then I could take that off my plate. So then I started having virtual assistants do outbound messaging. We started getting more appointments than what I was doing myself. And then on the back end, actually delivering results for our clients, running the paid ads, setting up the ISA team, managing the ISA team, managing lead flow. I also figured out I was just following one system over and over and over again. And anything that wasn't following that system wasn't actually worth doing because it wasn't really delivering results. So I just decided to cut out all the extra custom work we were doing and all those content posting because it, it wasn't bringing directly measurable results from it. And so I decided to cut all that out and just make an SOP standard operating procedure for my virtual system to do it over there. And before I knew it, I was just taking sales calls. All, all I would do is pick up the, wake up in the, in the morning and from eight to eight, I would just do a sales call, sales call, sales call, sales call. I would send a proposal out. And then after that, my systems and delegation took care of it from there. And then eventually removed myself from that by hiring a salesperson and then building out, a, we, you know, we had a 35 person sales team uh, and removing myself from that. And that's how I really started building systems out was just like, for me, it was almost like I was, I was burning the, what is it? The candle at two ends. So I, I mean, I was literally coming to the ends of what I could do by myself and I was about to quit. And I was like, all right, either I quit or I figure out how to remove myself from my company. And so obviously I did the latter of those things there. So it just, it really came down to identifying that and then like figuring out what am I, everybody that's listening, Ravi, you know, I can't have someone call my leads for me. You know, they're not me. They don't understand. If you really think about it subconsciously, you are saying the same thing over and over again. Like you are following the same process over and over again. So like for real estate agents, we would do that, especially in the very beginning, when you're trying to even figure out if that lead is worth you talking to more, like spending more energy on. So why not just delegate that out to somebody else? And, you know, we would pay $5 a lead is what it came out to try to qualify that person. And then once that person was qualified, then you could take it if you wanted to as the agent, bring your brand in, your personal touch on top of it and give them a lot of energy. But you shouldn't be doing that for people that aren't that interested. And that's the importance of building systems out there so you can save and conserve your energy for the most high revenue generating tasks. So, man, so much value in that right there. And I know that there's heads like, oh, I want to go deep and mine mm -hmm. as well. So first question that I have for you in this is, were you scaling or I guess in the beginning, were you using ads because you did have a very good knowledge of traffic and, and paid ads? Were you using ads or were you just really manual outreach DMing people? So I was manually outreach DMing people for a good bit of time. And that's exactly what I teach a lot of other people to do because, you know, I had to prove the mechanisms worked, right? If I just went out there and I said the same thing as everybody else did on an ad, then it, and I said the same training and everything was the exact same, then it probably wouldn't work. Except for then, I would have been spending a lot of money trying to do something that didn't work. And so one of the things we talk about now is instead, I did manual outreach because the way I look at it is if you don't have a lot of money, you got a lot of time, right? right. And if you have a lot of money, then you don't have a lot of time. So when you have a lot of money and you don't have a lot of time, that's when you use paid ads. But for me, I didn't have a lot of money. And so I just wanted to put in the grit and the hustle. And so I just did a lot of the cold outbound messaging. But then once I figured out what was, why were people responding? Why were people clicking on those links? Why were people getting on the calls? What were they saying on the calls? I started to understand the market and the messaging. Okay, they hate that they have to call all their leads. They hate that Zillow locks them in for 12 months. Okay, then I just took all these little things and then I crafted video content and ads that covered all those pain points and desires. And so that's why our ads, I would put $1 in and get eight, nine, 10, 11, $12 out within 30 days because we were just slicing through the market. So that I did it manual to start, but at some point it makes sense to kind of, once you have something working to just like get as many eyeballs on that messaging as possible and paid ads is a great way to do that.
Yeah, for sure. And so when you said I had to pay $5 basically per lead, were you paying your ISA or whoever the person that was doing the manual outreach for you? You were basically paying them per lead that they brought you? Yeah, essentially the, the ones uh, per lead that they even attempted to qualify. So each of our clients, we would generate a hundred leads a month for, and they would uh, attempt to qualify every single one of those leads. So it was just an extra $500 a month, which is maybe a lot or maybe not a lot, depending on who you're listening to this. But for a lot of you, it should be not a lot of money because if you are able to even, let's say it takes you eight hours of your week is spent trying to qualify your, your leads. Well, then if you do the math, right, you're probably working at something that's like, you know, $10 an hour, which you can easily delegate out. And if you get one or two leads out of that, that are actually qualified. And then, you know, even if you're making a selling hundred thousand dollar homes, right. That's $6,000. You make whatever that is a uh, uh, six times return on your investment. So for us, it just made complete sense. And we actually wouldn't even take on real estate agents. Once we realized in the very beginning, when we started testing out the qualification center, the ISA team, they'd be like, no, 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 I can do my own leads. And so then I'd be like, okay, all right, sure. We'll discount you the thousand dollars so you can do your own leads. But every single time it didn't work out and we'd have to put it in. So then what we did was just, it was part of our procedure. It was part of our mechanism. So if you came on and you said, hey, I don't want the ISA team. I want to qualify my own leads. We'd say, hey, this isn't a fit. That's how important it was for us delivering results. Even if it meant we lost a client. Man, it's so solid there. So for anybody right now that's thinking that they want to try to, because right now, real estate agents, Zillow's getting bigger, as you already know, because you've worked with them. Now they've just gotten into the brokerage world. So that's going crazy, right? No one knows how to really start lead generating themselves besides the thing of cold calling or door knocking and all the old ways. So now a lot of people are trying to move digital. What is your advice? Do you still think that Facebook is a way for people that they should be generating leads? Or do you think that right now still utilize Zillow because they have all of the data? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's an awesome question. And so I don't work with individual agents anymore at Prospect Social. We do at Scaling with Systems. So I'm just going to give you guys the whole farm right here. So I hope you guys are taking notes on this. But essentially, this I always found it ironic that Zillow and Redfin, who were selling these leads to the real estate agents, were kind of, you know, I don't want to get sued, but like they were kind of screwing them in the, you know, what at the same time, right? Redfin's offering, like, I think it was 1% listing fees and Zillow's like now has their own. So it's just ironic that it's like, Hey, buy these leads, but also we're going to like make your market even more competitive. And so I, I always, I actually use that against, uh, I use that against them. I use that for my advantage by being like, Hey, we're going to give you market exclusivity. So I always found that a little ironic, but one of the things I would recommend, a few things I'd recommend right off the bat here. Number one, we call we have a saying inside of my company, Scaling Systems, and we call it the seven hour rule. And that's essentially the idea that people need to consume around seven hours of content with you before they're ready to make a purchasing decision. And that doesn't matter if it's B2C or B2B. I would argue B2C is a little less business consumer, but when you're making a big decision like buying a house, it could be just the same amount of money because it's probably the same amount that you'd spend in a, a business to business deal as well. So one of the ways you can do that is by just manually trying to get the seven hours in, calling them, you know, texting them, getting on as many buyer listings as you can get on, you know, going to as many open houses you can get on, but that's really not scalable. So what the first thing we want to kind of set up, because it's not going to give us. Hey, Dream Builder, if you're anything like me, you have no idea how to come up with a quality logo or even a creative design. You know that quality is important, but it's not always the easiest to nail down, right? That's where Design Crowd comes in. Whether it's a logo, a website, book cover, or even a social media ad, they have a community of over 900,000 professional designers around the world ready to help solve your creative problem. 
head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation to learn more. And just for being a part of the dream nation tribe, you're going to receive a special VIP offer when you sign up of up to $150 credit. Now, instead of waiting weeks for an agency to pitch you an idea, you'll be able to get a design of exactly what you need within just three days. So again, head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation and check it out. It's not going to bear fruit right away, but it is something that's going to become an asset later on. It's starting to really create valuable pieces of content that you can direct your potential leads or home buyers or home sellers to, right? So I'm not saying you have to be like Ryan Serhant and like post 15,000 videos every single day, but it does help if you have a few core foundational pieces that are like people can look up to and learn something from. They actually get value from like, you know, every single week you talk about what's on the market, what's off the market. Or if you're an investor, you talk about, you know, how your portfolio is going. If you're trying to get more investments or if you're trying to get distressed sellers, you're talking about how quickly you can turn their house into cash pretty much and why it doesn't make sense for them to keep it. And so then you can start becoming this like authority inside your industry. And at the same time, people are starting to get to know you more and more. So people that are listening to this right now, they're getting to know Ravi Bavala a lot more. And I'm not necessarily like looking at them in the eye, direct, direct, like I am with you and having the conversation, but I'm providing value. And because of the law of reciprocity, some of them might want to be like, hey, how can I speak with Ravi a little bit more? So right. you guys should do the same thing inside your business. Like how can I create, even if it's one piece of content every single week, but like, I just need to put it on my Instagram, my face. You don't even know who's following you and don't even care about like subscribers or followers or and th- th- none of that matters, right? It just is like, put it on there because what's going to happen is let's say we run paid ads, which is eventually going to be the goal, right? Or you say you're speaking somewhere or, you know, someone says, oh yeah, you know, Ravi is an awesome guy. You should check him out. What's the first thing everybody does whenever someone says that, right? They Google, yeah, they Google you, Instagram you, Facebook you, YouTube, whatever it is. And if it's like cobwebs or you're using your brokerage website to represent you, it's over. But if like, especially in the sea of real estate agents where the majority of people are doing that, if you actually, someone types that in and there's like useful piece of content, how to buy a home during, you know, I'm not going to say the word, but you know, during a pandemic or how to sell a home during a pandemic, right? And so if you have a really valuable piece of content, they're going to watch that. They're going to get to know you a little bit better. And then they're going to want to potentially reach out and work with you. And so you create that core foundational content. And then we just try to get as many eyeballs to that content as possible. And that could be through, uh, you know, paid ads. That could be through um, like going to local events around your area. That could be through cold email. That could be through newsletters for your warm email list. But that's essentially the idea is after you create the content, all paid ads are is eyeballs. It's just like, hey, how many more eyeballs can I get to this? And let's say you create this great piece of content. Is this, a, I don't want to keep on going. Is this a good, is this yeah, valuable this for you? Okay, cool. yeah, yeah, go ahead. I talked fast, but when you were telling me, talk to me earlier, I was like, man, he talks as fast as I do. So it works out well, but <laughs> um, so like, let's say you have a piece of content, you put it out there and it's like how to buy a home during the pandemic. And a few people that you just post on your Facebook, your Instagram, your LinkedIn, your YouTube, no, not a lot of followers, but a few people do reach out. Hey, James, this was so helpful. Thanks so much for this. I am actually looking to buy a home right now. Can you help me out? Well, you knew that, let's say 100 people watched that and one person wanted to reach out with you and potentially buy a home with you. So then if we have that piece of content that we know that converts, like I told you earlier, just doing free methods like posting it online or sending it to some friends and family. Then we just use leverage to get more eyeballs to that. We know one out of every 100 eyeballs will message us roughly, right? And then, you know, two out of every 10 of those people that message us will actually buy a home. 
So then we go, how many more eyeballs can I get on this? And what's the best way to get eyeballs on there? And the easiest way is really paid advertising because the alternative to that is like growing a following online, like Ryan Serhant or like doing like YouTube channels, whatever else it is. And I still think people should do that. It just takes so much time. But if you could have like a valuable piece of content, like let's say that example that I gave there about the video during the pandemic, and then you're running an ad to that $10 a day to everyone in your 20 mile radius around of where you are on Facebook. And all it is, is just like a, Hey, send me a message. If you want uh, some help to learning a little bit more information, you will be shocked at how many people actually send you a message. And then we have our ISA person managing that Facebook messenger or your phone or whatever else these leads are coming into. And they're filtering through because there's going to be a lot of garbage that comes through there, people that aren't ready, whatever else it is. And then they come down and they say they're actually able to get two out of every hundred people to actually uh, to message you. Right. And right. or they're able to get four out of every of those uh, 10 people that message you to actually buy a home from you. And so then they're going to qualify down and then you're just dealing at the bottom of the funnel with the people that are looking to actually buy a home during the pandemic. And then eventually you get a buyer's agent, you run a team, you remove yourself from that and you're fully removed from the whole system. Man, that's definitely the method, the scale. But a lot of people, they're going to say, well, you know what? Facebook ads, they're hard for me, right? And then everybody's telling me I need funnels. Everybody's telling me like, where where should I start at? Because it seems like it's still a lot. If I just generate this one piece of content and I put it out there and I get one person, but how do I start to scale this? Do I need to hire someone to run these Facebook ads to scale it? Or is there one place that I could go to probably learn how to do this myself that it's not going to basically make me come... What's the word that I'm looking for? That's really not, cause it's gonna be overwhelming for a lot of people. If you've never done Facebook ads before, and you're talking dynamic creatives and you're talking all these different things. They're gonna say, this is too much for me. I just wanna sell houses. I get that, I really do. And it also depends like, you know, all right, you just want to sell houses. Well, this is kind of what you have to do to be able to sell houses. Like, at a, at a, you know, I, I also just want to be a millionaire, but like, you know, I have to do the work to become a millionaire as well. So, you know, not to knock anybody that's listening to this, but I get what you're saying. I really do. Here's my advice. First thing you should focus on is actually, ironically enough, building out that backend system. And this is what I even tell my clients at Scaling with Systems. We teach everybody Facebook ads, all that stuff, but I actually tell them we need to build out the backend stuff because look, Everything we're going to do on the front end, the ads, the content, all that stuff, it'll work. I, I 100% money back guarantee it's going to work. Where the break will be is if you're getting these leads and you're not doing enough touch points with them. You're not being personalized. You're not following up with them. And that's why everybody throws a Facebook ad up there. They generate, because I can generate $1 leads on Facebook ads, right? Running to a lead form. It's not that difficult. But what happens is nobody has that follow-up system on the back end, whether it's automation or an ISA team. And so then everybody goes, ah, oh, Facebook ads don't work, right? Or Zillow doesn't work. OpCity doesn't work. Realtor com and it's like you know what's the constant in all of these things unfortunately it's you a lot of the right. times you're the constant in every single one of these lead sources not working and so if you can work on that back end where it's like okay once i have someone that sends us a message or calls this number i know that i have a system or a team in place that's going to get them all the way to the point either my one of my sales reps calls it buying or crying either they're buying or crying at that point right either they're a good fit and they're going to come and work with you or they're not right and they're just going to keep on watching you from afar until they are and so once you have that in place, then you shoot the content and then the, the traffic source of the content, you have a few options of learning it. Number one, you can pay somebody like myself who teaches people to do it. Number two, you can pay somebody else to do it for you, um, which is okay. I, I'm an advertising agency. So it's like, 
but you're going to fall in a cookie cutter thing that everybody else is in. So, you know, I think that paid advertising is probably one of the most valuable things you can learn as a business owner. I don't care what business you're in. It's just like it's client acquisition, which should be the number one reason, like as a CEO, the thing that you're focused on, or you're not going to have the ability to even sell houses. So I'd recommend either paying someone or go to YouTube and type in how I have a great YouTube video training with like over 10,000 views on I, I pretty much walk through this whole thing in depth, but how to run ads. I show the entire copy as a real estate agent or a real estate investor. And you can just learn it for free there. You don't have to pay anybody for that, but it, you don't need funnels. You don't need all the complicated stuff. You don't need everything else. Everything. Everybody's trying to tell you something. Every, every, or everybody's trying to sell you something. I'm not going to do done for you ads for anybody that's listening to this. So I have nothing to lose here. So I'm just telling you guys, don't, the more complicated you make it, the less likely you're going to stick with it, the less likely it's going to work. So just keep it as streamlined as possible. And I'll tell you, some of the most successful campaigns I've run for years when I was running the advertising agency was um, a really great piece of content that led to a lead form on Facebook that just asked for name, email, phone number. I didn't have to create a website, just stayed on Facebook. And then whenever they submitted that, that went to my ISA team. And we were generating $2 leads. We were getting our ISA to qualify them for $5. So $7 every single time we generated and had them qualified all the way through. And uh, one out of every hundred would actually purchase a home. So that was $700 to buy a home that was average $200,000. So whatever that math is there, $6,000. You pay 700, you make $6,000. But you can only do that when you have the systems in place. Man, there it is right there. So much value. I'm so glad you broke that down. And the thing, the takeaway that I want anybody to, to remember and listen to is he said, keep it streamlined and also just keep it simple. Keep it super simple. When you complicate it is when you quit, right? Because it's like, ah, it's just too much. So there it is. And I'm glad that you said that, right? Just one piece of content to a lead form and see what you can do, right? You don't have to put $1,000 up. Just try it out for $100. See what you do. See if you generate even five leads. And you're like, oh, okay, but then you can optimize. You can retweak. You can go to a Facebook group and you can say, hey, guys, here's what I'm generating right now. You'd be surprised at how many people out there would say, well, I would maybe do this to just give you free help right so I, I love that you said that hopefully somebody hears it and they say well that's what i'm gonna do this afternoon and maybe they generate leads and then they come back and they say ready this works this <laughs> works this is the greatest thing i ever heard so man so fire um talk to me about you now so much wiser than when you first started let me ask you something knowing what you know now if there was one thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner to accelerate your path to where you are today on your dream what would that one thing be yeah, it's a great question. I think for me, honestly, it's not being afraid to invest back into myself and my business. Um, I think that anybody that comes from any kind of background where you don't have a lot of money, it's very natural for when you start making the money to just, you know, as I say in, in crypto, hodl, right? You just hold on to it for dear life. You're just so afraid that everything's going to disappear. So you're like, I need to keep all the money that I can. I don't ever want to deploy it. And that's typical. And that's what I did in, in the beginning of my business. And um, I was afraid to hire people. I was afraid to pay people to learn how to get ahead. I was afraid to, um, to pay for paid advertising, even though I was doing it for my clients. I was afraid to use it for myself, right? I was afraid to pay, uh, pay to go into masterminds for other people. I was afraid to get pay to get knowledge to information and or access to information, excuse me. And so it just was like a, a mindset issue, but I, and I was putting money into the S and P 500. I was putting money into real. And it's like, okay, great. That stuff could get you an 8%, 10%, maybe 10, 20%. And you're doing, talking about real estate investing return on your investment in six months to a year to two years. Right. But 
you have something here in your business where you could buy a pay for a ISA team. And even if it's 500, even if it's a thousand dollars a month, but they're helping you get an extra, you know, let's say two deals, three deals a month. Well, then you're two, three, four times in your money in 30 days. Right? right. It's just the way that we're, we're conditioned. I think is to like, we're not, we're too afraid to bet on ourselves. Right. It's like, okay, we got to put the money with the banks. Who's going to pay us 0.0000001% interest. And, th- and then they're going to load it out 15 times, but right. you know, that's a conversation for a different time. But I think if you're listening to this year, you know, just I, don't be afraid to invest. And look, even if let's say you take Revy's advice and you 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 spend five hundred dollars in ads, spend five hundred dollars on an ISA person, and it doesn't work out, well, then you can cross that off the list. You tried that out and it didn't work out, right? But like I said, my favorite quote is "action leads to insight." More often, the insight leads to action. So more often than not, you'll learn something during that process. Okay, the Facebook ads didn't work, but damn, that ISA team was super helpful. So right. let me let me maybe do Zillow ads again that I tried a while ago and it didn't work out. Maybe let me try YouTube ads. Maybe let me try to just build a YouTube channel and then drive them to my ISA team. So I think it's being willing to invest back in yourself and your business and then at the same time, not being afraid to test things out. Man, action leads to insight more than insight leads to action. Did I get that right? That was exactly it. Yes, sir. Man, I got to keep that one. I'm going to steal that one. I'll make sure I give you credit, though. I, I, I actually don't know who originally said it. I'm not going to tell you guys that. Someone's going to Google it and fact check me. I, didn't, I don't know who originally said it, but I love it. <laughs> oh, good, man. If you could have lunch or even dinner with one person, who would that one person be, dead or alive? Who would it be? And more importantly, what one question would you want to ask them? Uh. Probably I've never, you know, I hear this is, you know, it's a little of a cliche question, but it's a great question. That's why it's used, but I've never been asked it in my entire life. So um, I think I would probably say Winston Churchill. I think I, I have a lot of respect for that guy for what essentially he did during, I, I mean, he was the only person that pretty much thought that the allies would win world war II, even when, you know, you got the battle of Blitzkrieg, you got everything coming down, think the end of England's going to happen. So I think, I would have went dinner or lunch with Winston Churchill and I would pretty much ask him, um, you know, how he faced so much adversity. I, I, I like asking open-ended questions, kind of like what we did in this podcast here, because yeah. I don't want to give like a yes or no question, especially if you only have one chance to talk to someone that's dead. So right. I pretty much just ask him, you know, how are you able in the face of so much adversity to have almost to the point of ignorance where people were like, this guy is delusional thinking that we need to surrender. We need to give up. And he's like, no, we need to press on. We need to put more troops inside of it. Like how, when the entire world's common sense uh, is telling you to give up, did you keep on pushing through? And then when it did work, were you not like, see, I told everybody, but instead just went right back to business as usual, right? How do you, how to have the humility to be able to do that? That's what I'd be interested in. Yeah, man, such a great question. And I always love to ask it, just like you said, it is cliche, but I'm always interested because when people have a lot of success, there's somebody that's always inspired them. And so that's why, like for you, you've had so much success and people are like, man, I'm listening to this young kid because certain people might be older and they're like, I'm listening to him, but I'm so inspired. But like, who inspires him? And then more importantly, the second part of that question, because a lot of people are like, oh, I think it's easy to answer the first part. But the second part is like, what's that one question? If you, just like you said, you only get one one shot to ask him something, what would that be? And then I think, you know, cause I've heard a lot of people say Jesus. Some people say Elon Musk or something like that. But if you're put on the spot and he's walking to his car, there's a crowd of people and you say his name and he turns and looks at you and he says, one question, kid, what do you got? Oh geez. Yeah. That would be, that would be stressful. Yeah. Right? That's what I'd be <laughs> wanting to know. That's the reason why I asked that question. No, like, that's good. The follow-up was good. I like that a lot. 
Cool, man. So this has been a phenomenal conversation, my brother. I'm sure someone else out there is super inspired, not only me, by your journey. And they just have they have that little voice in their head. And that little voice says that they're not strong enough, they're not smart enough, or maybe they just don't have enough resources. What's the one final thing that you would leave that person with to get them to just take action? So one of my favorite quotes is by Steve Jobs, and I'll butcher it a little bit, but it's pretty much, you know, everything becomes easier in life when you realize that everything around you was built by somebody not much smarter than yourself. So I am not that smart. I'll be really frank with you guys. Like I did not come from an advertising background, did not come from a real estate background, did not come from a, a business background. Um, and I just figured it out as I went along. And like some of the most successful people in this world did not graduate from Harvard, didn't graduate from Stanford. I mean, you know, even your own story, Casanova has been pretty killer. And it's not like you went to like the best schools in the nation, right? I mean, you had more adversity than I think 99% of the people listening to this definitely more than me and, and look at where you're at as well. And so I think like, you know, if you're afraid to do it, first of all, you know, just the same quote that we've been saying this whole time. I, I saw a real estate agent at WeWork when I was like first moved to Miami. I didn't have an office. And so I was working out of WeWork and same thing. He's like, hey, how do I do it? And I was like, look, and I told him exactly what I told you guys on this uh, video right here. He texted me a week later. I just closed my first deal from the Facebook ads to having the ISA team in the background. This was seven days after I had told him. I mean, it was absolutely insane. And um and it was an action taker. It was because he actually did it. So like the person that's listening to this right now, the only difference between maybe Casanova yourself, maybe me and yourself, if, if you're at a place that you're not happy with, I'm not going to make any assumptions here. Or if you're not getting the leads you want to, the money you want to, it's pretty much just action. That's, that's literally what it just is. And so like you can sit there and be like, well, you know, what is Ruby's credentials and does this actually work? And like, you know, I like Casanova or whatever, or you can just go out and do it and then just like actually see what happens. And um, you almost always, if you have the right mindset, learn something from it. I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in investments, but I didn't really lose it because I learned, you know, not to believe if something's too good to be true, because it probably is right. Not to trust somebody who came out of nowhere and promised you the world. So, um, you know, you'll learn something from it one way or the other. But uh, don't be afraid to actually go out there and just do something. I think the uh, I don't know who quote the other quote is, but it's like, do the thing and you'll have the power. And I really think that is the case. Yeah. First one that came to my mind is something like like Phil Knight, Shoe Dog or something. Yeah, like, great uh, book. Yeah, that's Nike. I have it on my shelf. Right. Oh, this is it right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just do it. That was the first thing that came to my mind. I'm sure yeah. it's close. But yeah, man, again, so much value in, in this conversation today. I hope somebody just listens and they really believe in themselves, bet on themselves and just take action on something. For anybody who wants to stay connected with you, we're going to make sure we put all of the links in the show notes, but let us know for anybody who does want to stay directly connected with you, where can they find you at? Yeah. So first of all, Casanova, thanks so much for having me on here. You've built an awesome audience. I know you've worked really hard at it and I appreciate you letting uh, you sharing them with me. It means a whole lot. Um, and for everybody else listening, I, I know I talk fast. I do hope I got you, you guys some value out of there. Like I promised in the very beginning of it. Rewind. Yeah, <laughs> they get the like 0.5 speed. You can put it on, but um, but yeah, it was a blast. The best place to really reach me, you can type my full name on any social media channel: R A V I A B U V A L A. That's Ravi Buvala on any YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. I do have a bunch of videos on YouTube about like like I said, how to run ads uh, as a real estate agent, a real estate investor. So I would really recommend checking that out. And then if you're interested in like having us teach you a lot of this stuff, we do have a company called Scaling with Systems, and I have a free course that walks through a lot of this stuff that I've been talking about on this call here, like in a lot more depth, it's about four and a half hours of content. And you can actually go to scalingwithsystems.com slash dream, and you can get access to that course for free. 
Love it. I love it. I love it. Man, thank you again. If no one else has told you today, my brother, I want to be the first one to say thank you and I appreciate you. For anybody still listening to this, we really appreciate you rocking with us. But more importantly, just know you got to take action because if you don't take action, that dream that you have, it will only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. 